Many people adore Ireland for its rich culture and fascinating history, but many don't know that until relatively recently, this ancient island was not self-governing. Hi, it's Emma. And Isabel. Your friendly neighborhood Ireland experts. Here we are, live from Isabel's house, on April 3rd, talking to you about the history of Ireland's quest for home rule, and after World War I, for their total independence from Great Britain. Home rule is not a new concept. What the Irish strived for was a branch of government in charge of their own affairs from their very own state. Instead of answering solely to the often callous governing body of Great Britain, Ireland would have control over its own domestic affairs. This was a highly desirable concept for a people who had been constantly persecuted by the British for centuries. The Irish crusade for a self-governing body was the first of its kind among the states that made up the United Kingdom. It all started with the Act of Union in 1800, which officially began the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. As a result of this act, the Irish Parliament was resolved, dissolved, and responsibility of governing the nation was given to the British Parliament in Westminster. Many opposed this act, and calls for the return of Irish self-governance began shortly after its implementation. In 1873, Isaac Butt founded the Home Rule League, a political party whose main objective was to secure home rule for Ireland from Great Britain. This group proposed two Irish government bills to the British Parliament, one in 1886 and one in 1893. Both of these were denied. After the turn of the century, things were looking up as Irish nationalists held more influential seats in Parliament, which they historically had not. This meant that they were able to plead their cause directly to the governing body of Britain. In a lucky turn of events, Irish nationalists and members of the Liberal Party were able to strike a deal. The nationalists would vote for a budget bill that the Liberals wanted, and the Liberals would support the Irish's wish for home rule. On April 11, 1912, the the third home rule bill was introduced to Parliament by the Prime Minister, Henry Herbert Asquith. England now faced a major decision about the Irish question, and it seemed that the majority of Parliament would back this bill. Unfortunately, not everyone was in support of this. The largely Protestant population of the Northern Irish province of Ulster still had strong ties to Britain and was willing to fight to stay a part of its kingdom. In 1913, the Ulster Volunteer Force was formed and led by Edward Carson. They were a paramilitary group whose goal was to resist the implementation of home rule by any means necessary. Like many historical conflicts, their desires were based in religion. They feared a Catholic majority in this new parliament that would overtake their previous Protestant power. In response to the people of Ulster's mobilization, Irish nationalists formed the Irish Volunteers, a similarly named group which had very different intentions. Made up mostly of Irish Catholics, the Irish Volunteers were prepared to fight to the death for home rule. This was awkward to say the least. Britain had to decide between fighting Southern Ireland for their freedom, were they to forego home rule, or fighting Ulster, were they to implement home rule. Basically, at the beginning of 1914, Britain was looking at a major struggle in Ireland in some shape or form. And then, dun dun, <laughs> World War I happened. While this sucked for a lot of people, 
it actually worked out in Britain's favor as far as the Irish question went, because it alleviated the pressure of the bill and put people's focus on a different enemy, their own neighbors. This also worked for Britain because it created a domestic truce between the nationalists and the unionists. A domestic truce meant that these rival organizations, who had just been at each other's throats, would now set aside their differences and stop the fighting on the home front. In addition, it ignited a need within both communities to come out and support the war effort. The Irish nationalists were led by John Redmond, one of the leaders of the Irish Parliamentary Party, a descendant of the Home Rule League. They were eager to sign up for the war in order to finish it sooner so that home rule could be implemented. On the other hand, the people of Ulster signed up in order to show their loyalty to Britain in the hopes that after the war was over, the home rule bill would be thrown out and they could continue their union. Since everyone believed this would be a short war, they were willing to set aside their differences in order to accomplish their separate goals. Interestingly enough, A majority of Irish soldiers were unaware of the scope of the war. Their focus was on their own country's struggles, as it often is during wartime. They had no idea as they headed off into battle that so many lives would be unnecessarily lost. They only thought of their their own (laughs) area's goals, those in the north hoping to reunite with Britain and those in the south hoping to have an independent Irish nation. However, as we know, this war was not short at all. Over time, both sides became frustrated with the war effort and the lack of change at either end. The infamous Easter Uprising took place as a result of this growing angst in 1916. After this, many Irish nationalists became more radical and pushed not only for home rule, but for total independence for their small nation. Disillusioned with their relationship to Great Britain, the concept of home rule, as Irish nationalists originally envisioned it, was all but gone, replaced by a need for both separation and revenge. Shortly after World War I ended, Ireland was was partitioned between the North and the South. Shortly after that, the Irish Civil War broke out. This eventually led to the formation of the Republic of Ireland in the South, while Northern Ireland remains a part of Great Britain to this day. Both Isabel and I spent a semester studying abroad in Ireland, and and effects of this conflict can still be felt today, nearly a hundred years later. Animosity between the Irish people and the British people is still very strong. The more recent conflicts in Northern Ireland, known as the Troubles, also stemmed from a divide between the Protestants and the Catholics. While there is still a lot of conflict in Ireland today, there is still a strong sense of Irish pride in their small but great nation. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to link back all this pride and all this conflict to this single event that took place during World War I. Home rule may seem like a small part of Ireland's great history, but it was really the stepping stone for a much larger movement. In short, home rule was a long and arduous process, which resulted in much unnecessary death and conflict for the Irish people. But as we know today, the ends sometimes justify the means. Although this concept once seemed far off, the efforts of those who pushed for home rule during and before World War I started the groundwork for those who would create the Irish nation as we know it today. This has been Emma. And Isabel. Signing off. Salancha. Salancha.